You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today I want to talk about andragogy. You've probably heard the, the term pedagogy, and that is kind of like how we scaffolding education and you build on top of learning principles. Well, there's a learning principle called andragogy, which is really set aside for the adult learners. However, I don't think there's that much of a difference between adult learners and youth learners, and maybe we follow a few more of these principles for adult learning. It might, uh, our, our youth might receive it a little bit differently. Now, there are some things that will vary, like the amount of experience we have going into an educational experience, um, which we'll get into. But it, this is not about education. This is taking those principles that Malcolm Knowles, the, the father of andragogy, the, what he put together and what are called the six assumptions for the learner and I'm going to create a fitness variation and what that means for our clients, because our clients tend to be adults and they tend to have reasons and purpose for why they are coming to see us. And how does that then apply for people that that do education? So when a an adult goes and does a, a workshop to get a certification, they go to um, university again, or they take courses so that they can learn something. Why? Why do they do that? There are six assumptions as to why we choose to learn and go to conferences and garner education. And I want to create those variations for a fitness client. So uh, I was first introduced to this when I was going through my doctoral program at Cal U, which is now Penn West, California. And that university, their, their doctorate of health science program kind of had three major focuses. One was the exercise science. Number two was uh, fitness leadership. So leadership was a third of the coursework. And the final third of the coursework was education and specifically adult education. So can I learn exercise science, be a, a leader in the fitness space, and then provide education. Can I teach that to other people? Whether whether that's clients or at a university level, whatever it is, can I teach what I know? And I think Malcolm Knowles and the, the six assumptions for the adult learner was very valuable to me. I learned so much and I connected with it so much. Now, I will say this, like it's hard to find empirical data supporting the six assumptions because they are assumptions. They are and kind of like, well, yeah, this makes sense why adults would do this. And it's not limited to these six things. But I think that they provide a very good uh, take-home address for us to follow as an outline. So let's get into Malcolm Knowles' six assumptions of learning and their fitness variations. The first assumption is that learners need to know why they need to learn something. I need to go back to school. I want to know why I need to go back to school. I'm supposed to learn this while I'm in school. Well, how does that help me with this? Like, why is that important to me? So that's vital. So here's the fitness variation. Clients want to know why they need to perform certain things. And 
have you, I had a client, this is my second client I ever had. And uh, he was, he made me better by being annoyingly inquisitive. And like, I had just started as a personal trainer, so I didn't know all the answers. I made a lot of stuff up when I was training this guy. I made a lot of stuff up. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but he would ask me, these are, he'd tell me these are my goals. And then he would ask me why we would do a leg press or why we're doing a bench press or why I wanted him to do cardio when he could do cardio on his own. And the answer was because you don't do cardio on your own. So they were all these wise, wise. It was like a child. Why? He was very inquisitive. He wanted to know. He wanted to, to learn. It wasn't necessarily like, you know, holding my feet to the fire, make sure I know what I'm talking about, except he very much was like that. But it was also because he wanted to learn it. And he wanted to be able to provide that to his friends when he met up with them. So and I think you've all experienced this with clients that may not be able to do a cool looking exercise like some of the other folks. Why can't we do that? And, and I say welcome those questions and answer them based on truth. They do that because of where they are. And we need to start everybody off where they are. So you can't always do the cool looking exercises. And sometimes the cool looking exercises don't necessarily get you to where you want to go. So, uh, you know, let them know why you're doing what you're doing with them so that they understand how to make that application to their goals. All right. That's the first assumption. Second assumption, the learner's self-concept. So I'm just going to go ahead and spin this into a fitness variation, which says that self-concept really is the fitness variation. I'm responsible for me and my fitness outcomes. So in, in education, I'm responsible for my learning. It is up to me. If it is to be, it is up to me. Same thing in your fitness journey. Um, how many times have you been accused of not helping your clients reach their goals? I don't know if you ever have, but I have. I had one guy that I trained for a long time. So your clients may say things like, you know, I've been working with you for months or for years and I haven't seen change. And that may be true. But with this client, I had worked with probably for several years and I was frustrated too, but I was putting together good programming and I wasn't into coaching at the time. All I, all I knew how to do was to do really good fitness. And uh, at one point, like he was just kind of hinting and vibing and providing subtly how goals aren't being reached and how that might somehow be my fault. And man, I was like, it bugged me so much. And I actually spoke with his partner about it. And his partner told me that he, he was addicted to ice cream and that he eats it every single day, the ice cream. And it's not just like he's having a little bit, like he's eating, he's consuming a lot of calories every day. Um, and though it surprised me because I would say things like, how are your diet? He would always say, good good. My diet's good. Um, that's why I think coaching like the certified nutrition coaching course with NASM allows us to move beyond good, but I wasn't there yet, but there's a, uh, one of Knowles studies, Knowles et al states in his 2005 paper that adults have a self-concept. This is a quote, have a self-concept of being responsible for their own decision for their own lives. So, 
it's up to you. Are you making the right decisions? And do you have the concept of being responsible for your own decision making and responsible for your own life? Because that's where we step up as learners. We want to be responsible for that. As fitness clients, I want to take some responsibility and do what I need to do to move forward. But some people, that's not always the case. That's not always the case. Um, or at least not in every part of our lives. That might be the case in certain parts of our lives and in certain parts of our lives, it isn't. Um, the guy was a savvy businessman and he knew his way around business. Um, but when he thought about throwing money at training and throwing money at his health and his fitness, then it became my responsibility. And he stopped looking at self to make the additional changes that were needed. And of course, once I knew this, I thought deeply on how I could use my client's sense of self to direct and support the additional change that he would need to address. Because that would not be on me, but I felt a need to help support him in that process. All right, so that's number two, the assumption number two. Assumption number three is that the learner's prior experiences have a huge effect on how we learn. Well, here's the fitness variation. Your past fitness experiences paint your current perception of fitness and where you fit in in that painting. Some people love exercise because historically they loved exercise. They were always so good at certain things. And some people hated running the mile so much in middle school that they never ran again in their entire lives. Some people have been hurt by personal trainers. They've been hurt in the past. And because they've been hurt, they already don't trust any of you listening. Because I was hurt by one person, I'm hurt by all people that fall under that umbrella. And so you bring your past experiences with you or the, the person who told me that they didn't like stability ball work and I love doing core work on stability ball. So I said, oh, well, you haven't worked with me yet. You're going to love it. Now I'm chalking that up to, to youth, my excitement about doing something, but clearly somebody else didn't have that same passion. And obviously that as a coupling between me and this client didn't work out because I thought that if only it, you worked out with me, my passion would lead you to love it. But everybody comes in with a different experience. And this is true in education. People come in, they have learning disabilities, ADHD, depression, social anxiety, uh, all of these potential things that make some people hate school and hate education. The fitness can have similar things. Or you picked last for sports or uh, your fitness outlier in group fitness classes, or you've been treated differently because you're too, what, fill in the blank of too out of shape, I'm too fat, I'm too sickly, I'm in too much pain. All the things that make people feel less than and incapable, and it paints their picture of what they're able to do. It paints the picture. It says that, I can't do it and nobody can help me. And that means if you get a chance to work with people that, that have been burned and have past experiences that make it tough to even come in and sit down and consult with you, you can't just lay down your standard old programming for everyone. You have to take time to learn from others about their past experiences. The word empathy comes to mind. 
It's not that you sympathize with them. Oh, that must be very tough, but it's creating an understanding, maybe in a totally different context that you can relate to that. So being empathetic with your clients. All right. Assumption number four is the, that a learner has to be ready to learn. Fitness variation. The client has to be ready to make change in their life to start implementing physical activity. If they're not ready to make change, they're not going to get very far. You've probably heard of the trans-theoretical model of change. Contemplation, uh, pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance. Uh, the pre-contemplation phase means they're not even thinking about it. The answer is no. Contemplation, maybe someday I'll do this. Preparation. I think I'm about to start. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start exercising. Action. I'm training with you. Let's get it started. Let's make it happen. And maintenance, I'm renewing with you. That's a fitness variation for you on your trans theoretical model of uh, change. Ryan Adichie, um, research that they did. Um, well, listen, I think that, uh, no, Prochaska and Ryan Adichie is um, uh, not that. <laughs> Prochaska, uh, trans theoretical model of change. And anyway, there's a big difference between just wanting something and being willing to do something about it. I want to be able to play guitar. I just make zero strides to do so. I just wish I could. Fitness is very much the same thing. Everybody wants it, but one must be ready to implement it in order to have the necessary changes put in place to actually do it. You have to attain it by doing it, not by just wanting it. So are you ready to make change? Number five is the learner's orientation to learning. Um, and a fitness variation is that you have to be attracted to the process and not just focused on the outcome. So this goes into the concept, like things like weight loss, right? So if somebody wants to come in and they want weight loss, there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to be focused on the process, not just the outcome, right? Like I, I went to school, I wanted to graduate, but I had to, in order to do well in school, it wasn't just focusing on graduation. It is finding a way to relate to the content and the learning and to desire and be a part of the process of learning, not just hurry up so I can get my piece of paper. Same thing with your certification, right? We want to learn. I want to be a personal trainer. I want to get this, but I just want to take the test and try to pass it. Well, what would be better is that when you're really here to learn, then you want to study the content and taking the test is almost a byproduct. Like you want to know what you need to know in order to be a good fitness professional. The test just shows that you have learned the base level amount that you need to know to go out and train people. Well, same thing with, um, with my healthy goals, my fitness goals. Like I know that People may not necessarily like exercising or like going for a run, except the fact that when you do it and you start where you are and you build your base, it becomes what you do. And I think about that like when I go for a run, I'm like, I don't know if I like running or not, but it's just what I do. 
I don't know if I like salad or not. It's just like I eat it regularly. And that's not true. I do like salad and I do like running. But all of those things I used to hate, why do I like them now? Because I didn't do so much early on that it well, it made me hate it, right? You just do a little bit and you build it into your lifestyle. And once it becomes part of who you are, then the outcomes will show up. The outcomes will be presented yeah, when you're good at the process, the outcomes fall into place. When you focus on the outcomes, then the outcomes can sometimes seem so far away that it will seem impossible to make it through the process. And so focusing more on the process and less on the outcomes, um, which means you may have to not do so much intensity. You may not have to do so much work so that you start to build a base on of enjoyment. And then the final thing, the final assumption, Noel's assumptions of Andragogy is that it's, it's where the learner is motivated. How are they motivated? Well, our fitness variation is the client source of motivation. We look at that as an internal versus an external locus of control. Are you internally motivated or are you externally motivated? Where is your desire to change anchored? Is it anchored in yourself and what you want from you and what you expect of yourself and how you will drive forward? Or is it because my doctor told me to lose weight? Or is it because uh, my wife needs me to get out of the house? So she's tired of me sitting around inside. So I think the gym's probably a good way to do that. Like, where are we going with this? Like, where is your motivation, your desire, your locus of control anchored? So what we want to do is provide a fitness environment that supports, engages, and motivates our clients so that they can be more internally focused. They're more focused from self, and they can drive that change forward. All right. Let's go through these assumptions again. So the first assumption, Malcolm Knowles' assumptions uh, for learning and then the fitness variations. Assumption number one, learners need to know why they need to learn something. The fitness variation, clients need to know why they need to perform something. Assumption two, learners' self-concept, the fitness variation. I'm responsible for me and my fitness outcomes. I'm the one responsible. I have to take charge of self. Assumption three, learners' prior experiences, well, the fitness variation, my past fitness experiences paint my current perception of fitness. Assumption number four, listeners' readiness to learn. I'm sorry, learners' readiness to learn. I'm, I'm putting you guys out there. So learners' readiness to learn. Well, the fitness variation is our clients' readiness to learn. By the way, Speaking of listeners' readiness to learn, the reason you're all listening to this is because of these assumptions, right? You go back through them, you're listening to this because you want to know why. Why do I need to learn something? You want to know uh, about your self-concept, like I'm responsible for my learning, so I'm going to go and listen to a podcast that helps. Uh, so assumption three, learners' prior experiences. So every time something is stated maybe in this podcast and you hear it, it lands differently on different people because of your past experiences. And I can't, this is why good teachers say I learn as much from my students as they learn from me is because everybody comes in with a different canvas. Nobody's a blank slate. You come in and you take this information and this is how I apply it. And me as a 
uh, an educator would look at it and, and my mind will be blown because I never thought about it because your life experience is different than mine. And so I learned so much from how people take education and content and can make application in certain ways. And that's amazing. Uh, a listener, you, you are you ready to learn something else? Are you ready to listen? The number five, are you as a listener, um, what is your orientation to learning? Are you, are you worried about just outcomes? Are you listening just because you want to learn more about the process and the education and the content that trainers can use? You like to learn. And number six, the listener's motivation, right? You're listening to this. What's your locus of control? Are you, are you doing it uh, because you want to learn better because somebody says that, it, that you think this is a great source to be able to provide some information for your clients? Or are you listening to it because it's compulsory, because school makes you do it? You don't really care much about it, but you have to do it because, uh, because this is what you're supposed to do and your fitness manager told you to listen to this or your teacher told you to listen to it. Right. But, you know, learning that internal and external locus of control can be very valuable. And how do we provide and support people uh, in fitness and create places where motivation um, becomes participatory? Uh, I want to invite you this is why I invite you all the time. Reach out and DM me and email me and let me know what you think and what you'd like to learn and where you're coming from and your perspective on certain things that I talk about. The reason I want to know that is so that you're part of this process. It's not just me dictating these are the edicts that I have and what I believe you should know. You ask me questions. Let me know what you want to learn about. With that being said, let me know what you want to learn about. Thank you so much for listening. You can reach out to me and talk to me. Send me an email, rick.richie at nasm.org. You can hit me up on Instagram, DM me at dr.rickrichie. These are the Malcolm Knowles six assumptions of a learner and a fitness variation that goes along with it. And also apparently a podcast listener variation that goes along with it. But with that said, I want to say thank you. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family and uh, keep inspiring people to fitness. I appreciate you. This has been the NASM CPT podcast.